Welcome to TR Talks, where your host, Team Rajpal, talks everything Toronto and GTA real estate, from buying, selling, leasing, investing, and rental management. An unfiltered conversation with industry experts helping you stay up to date with the market. Hello. Hello, Gita. How are you doing today? I am doing awesome. It's been a while since me and you did this podcast together. It has. It has. Do you want to tell people why it's been a while? Do you really want me to do that? Well, like, we've been in the other office. We have been at the other office. I mean, it's been a while because you haven't been here. Yeah, because I've been at the other office. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you have today? What is this uh, piece of news that we're sharing? So uh, I was just, uh, you know, (laughs) I don't really listen to the news. I I think uh, a lot of viewers are just going to put their eyebrows up when they hear that. But... um, one of the pieces of information I do receive is anything to do with real estate with the GTA, because that's obviously pertaining to our business, and that allows us to follow our mission statement, which is to have educated clients in the in the realm of things, especially when they are purchasing or selling real estate. Absolutely. So yesterday I received an article from the Toronto Star, um, and we're going to be talking about this so just so that everybody knows everything we're talking about was in the article. Uh, with regards to the star. So that's our source. And it's uh, got something to do with the vacancy tax in Toronto, which is projected to be increased uh, as of next year uh, by our new mayor. Which was one of the things that she had brought up when... During her campaign. Yeah, during the campaign. And and so now she's, you know, holding good. So uh, just so people know, um, the first thing, the facts are as follows. Um, They are are looking to hike the vacant home tax uh, from 1% to 3% of a property's assessed value. So um, let's say your home sold for 500000 That is not an assessed value. That is a market value. So first things first, an assessed value it com- is, com- is brought up by the MPAC, and that is the assessed value of a property. So if your pro- property could have sold for five hundred, but the assessed value could be, as an example, three hundred. So... It goes based on the three hundred thousand dollar value. That too, which is so, which is important to note. I think as well, like they mentioned in the article, that the real purpose of a rate hike would be to get building owners to boost the city's housing supply, which is crucial. And so it leads to the question of one is you know individual homeowners, and this tax is probably targeted more so at. The, the buildings, apartment buildings that might be sitting vacant. And I, I could be wrong, but this is what I'm getting from this. Yeah, it's not exactly clear. But uh, as the article goes on, I think it, they put in exemptions and they, they define what would be subjected to the tax and what would not. So uh, first of all, let's just talk about, um, we've, we've had the tax in now for a year, right? In February, people had to make their declarations. So for those listening, if you do have a property that is vacant, we're going to go through the, the terms of the vacancy, but if it is considered vacant, please make sure um, to make the appropriate declo- declaration in the new year. Um, but currently, uh, with regards to this, it's for speculators, right? It's for people who leave these properties vacant, who don't want to deal with tenants or don't want tenants, and you know they just they're, they're looking for that capital appreciation to happen 
and are fine yeah. leaving it vacant. And, uh, and I'm just going to add in there, again, it's less likely that it's, you know, that our investor client kind of fits that profile. Um, profile. Yeah. Because a large amount of, um, you know, investors that hold, you know, that have either condos or homes, uh, the current rent leasing market is in a situation where, first of all, homes are leasing very easily. Second of all, our investors, most of them are not in a position to simply leave their properties vacant and speculate. They're not. So it really does, you know, you you wonder that this tax is really going to be focused on those big time, the mega investors that can afford to leave properties vacant and speculate. 100%. So so basically the tax so far has uh, apparently earned Toronto about 55 million this year. Mm-hmm. In revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, now, their their forecast is that once they boost the rate, uh, it's going to increase annual revenues as follows: so 105 million in 2025, uh, 95 million in 2026, and 87 million year after that. So the reason the numbers actually are coming down is because they, and this is speculation on my part, is that people will feel that pinch. Mm-hmm. And then they will accordingly bring, they will rent it out. Like, I think that's the goal and the hope of, of the whole scenario. So there's two sides to it. One is to boost revenue. And the second is to also increase supply. Increase supply so, because, yeah, the, you know, there's, there's a dearth. We all know that. And particularly for uh, renters, these, their eye, so the mayor's eye is on buildings and how to be able to access more units for renters in the city right now. But going back to vacant, what's, so, what's a vacant property? So I'm going to touch on that in just a minute here. So just to give you an idea of how this contributes, right? Like, okay, these numbers seem like really big numbers and we need to understand like, okay, well, how much is this actually contributing to the city's deficit? Keep in mind through COVID, um, the city's, budget changed dramatically. TTC revenue went down significantly. Oh, yeah. So uh, the city staff predict that um, this year we're going to have an 800 and almost $817 million budget shortfall. So $55 million is contributing to that $800 million. Um, $1.5 billion gap in 2024 of a deficit. Uh, so more and then they suggest more even more shortfalls in the future so keep in mind like this is this is definitely a a chunk of the budget for sure that is being covered by this but i don't think it's solely to they're trying to make lemonade out of lemons so to say Mm -hmm. uh you know their 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 whole idea is okay well you know there is a shortfall we have to come up with this money from somewhere and this kind of kills two birds with one stone. That's that's their idea of it. There are some councillors that disagree with it, but in general, the vote was... Overwhelming. 20, yeah. 21 to 2. Yes. To yeah. pass this. So just uh, to, to go back to your question, Geeta, about what is a vacant property? So it's a property that's not used as a principal residence by the owner. So that means I own the property and I'm living there as my principal residence. Um, another permitted occupant, so that could be my spouse, it could be my parents, it could be my child, um, and then a tenant for at least six months or more. So that is what is considered 
the exemptions to the vacancy tax. Okay. Uh, now, keep in mind, um, there are a couple of other amendments that were put in, uh, such as it protects affordable housing units and adding an exemption for newly built housing for two years. Okay, so so that's something to a keep in mind. Uh, but this begs the question, okay, like when I touched about the six-month period of rentals, right? Um, the city is really trying to enforce um, things like Airbnb and things like that. Enforce the Airbnb? Yeah, making sure that or they're the right. enforce limitations. Limitations from the point of view of like not anybody can just open an Airbnb. Like it's, it's, it's a business, so you have to go about it the right way. Uh, but short-term rentals that are on platforms like Airbnb for longer than 28 days. Okay, mm -hmm. will be subject to this tax if they don't have a long-term lease in place. So the whole idea of Airbnb is, okay, three days, five days, 10 days, two weeks sort of thing. But anything longer than four weeks, essentially, the city wants to push them into the long-term rental category. But then the moment it's over four weeks, you have to do it as a six-month rental yeah. in order for it to kind of go from there. So... I, I know that there's a lot to digest here, and it's it's quite... Just a side note, actually, on um, Airbnb as well, because this is a question that we sometimes get asked, uh, and it's not very common. Every single, just going to condo units, every single building is not um, does not permit the use of an Airbnb. Um, so yeah, so if you want to check, like check your condo doc regulations or declaration and it'll state what is considered a short-term rental. Do they allow short-term rentals? Like some say, uh, you can do short-term rentals, but they define short-term rentals as anything as 28 days or more. Now that becomes a little complicated with this vacancy tax. Exactly. Some say you can't do less than a six month rental. Um, so the last exemption in this whole deal is... Uh, in the in, in case an owner has passed away, um, so the original format for that was you were not you were not subject to the vacancy tax if the owner passed away and it was used as their principal residence uh, for two years, uh, but that now has been extended to three years. So that's basically that's basically the gist of things here, mm -hmm. right? And. Mm -hmm. What what are we going to see with regards to the real estate market? Because this is what we do, right? Like our job is to take this information uh, and then turn it into knowledge for our uh, subscribers. And what I believe is going to happen is that there's going to be twofold. Number one, we're going to see a huge backlog of inventory coming into the market with regards to what happened over COVID. Like all those buildings that have taken much longer for development to happen, we're already seeing rental units like private owned rental units come up. I think number two, there is now the GST tax incentive for rent uh, rental buildings Yes, that are going to come into play. And number three, this is going to have an impact. To what extent? I think this, this tax is so new, we haven't seen the impact of the tax with regards to pushing units into the supply category. Um, but, I, I do want it. I just wanted to add in there as well. I mean, there are, like we're talking about the larger uh, apartment rentals. A lot of those owners were also using COVID or the period after COVID as an opportunity to renovate and update 
their the buildings so i mean that you know that's something as well if there are some of them out there that are currently in the process of updating and renovating but it takes longer than six months then it's like maybe that comes into a category of is that you know is that an exception i don't know I, i'm not quite sure i i remember when this tax was first announced i think that they had they had some sort of exception with regards to renovations and it depended on permitted, like, if you do a renovation not under permits, and yeah. it takes longer than six months, okay, now you have a problem. Yep. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that that's a separate conversation, I think, altogether. Um, but the main thing, as I was saying, with regards to the supply, like, yes, we're talking about increasing the supply, increasing the supply. But keep in mind, on the other hand, right, we have the federal government dictating... Uh, terms with regards to immigration and we have doubled the immigration volume and we know that over 48 percent of immigrants coming to Canada come to Ontario. They do and there, it seems to be like there is no plan in place and the federal government is not speaking uh, to provincial and municipal governments and and it's it's quite unfortunate. Have you seen some of the um, you know some of the comments from a lot of students that are coming into the city and just posting on social media saying like we could never fathom that we would be coming to a country like Canada and there will be nowhere for us to stay and you know we're, we're sitting here we're supposed to be going into school but they are struggling struggling to find places to rent and sometimes it's like four five six people to a, a small condo it's it's unfortunate. It really is unfortunate. And, you know, yes, okay, this is one way the city is trying. But, you know, this is, I, I in my opinion, and this is an opinion, this has not got anything to do with anything else. This is a band-aid solution. This is not a permanent fix in the long term. Yeah, because it's squeezing, um, it's, it's squeezing revenues from wherever. But again, it's not making up for the entire shortfall. And so what else are you going to do? Like, who else will you tax? Where else will that money come from? And, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the answer is not always just, just, and I'm going to say the word just taxing people. Like, it's about creating more supply, right? Like you're taxing people and saying, okay, this is a tax that's going to also help the, the city bring down its, you know, deficit. But at the end of the day, if the goal is to create more supply, and if that is the actual goal here, well, then what are you doing to solve that issue? And I think that's where we need to look at that clearly more, uh, more decisively. And, you know, again, today, in the Globe and Mail or yesterday, there was an article about Eglinton LRT. Like, how is this thing? Like, this, this is 2007. Now it's 2023. Like, this is a joke. And, you know, th that's the real solution. Like, when you have easy transit, like, look at European cities. Look at other North American cities where people Connectivity. Live. Yeah. It's, it's all about connectivity. But I will say on a slightly positive note, and this is like a real situation... I was speaking with um, one of our clients who, and they have actually purchased land in Durham region. And they were looking to build, I think, six to eight uh, townhouses on this land. Yeah. 
So it was it was a little promising actually. The uh, the city came back and said, you know what, you're going to be approved, but you need to build um, low rise units here, and it needs to be a minimum of forty units. So that is what you're going to be approved for. So. I, like I, I liked to hear that because it seems like at every level they are potentially thinking about, okay, well, how can we maximize use of this land? Yeah. And instead of six to eight homes, now all of a sudden we're offering 40. It's going to take time, but everything has to, you know, everything is going to make a difference. 100%. So um, on that note, um Please follow and share this podcast with your family and friends. Comment, ask questions, and make requests on topics you'd like us to cover. And uh, if you like what you've been hearing so far, please give us a five-star review. We are new at the podcast world. We are enjoying what we're doing. But it's like we said, we're we're still new at this, so we would love to hear some feedback. Um, And I guess that was it for today. Have a wonderful day. TR Talks is hosted by members of Team Rajpal with Remax. Rajiv Rajpal and Xerxes Barucha are brokers. Gita Rajpal and Nicholas Sip are sales representatives. All registered with the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board, Real Estate Council of Ontario, and Canadian Real Estate Association. This podcast is for informational purposes only and not for financial or investment advice. Please do your own due diligence.